Welcome to Building Fortunes Radio. Make sure you check us out at buildingfortunesradio.com. Along with our marketing partners, we're here to help our PM Marketing Network Lead customers build their businesses and make the world a better place. At Building Fortunes, we know how much your business means to you and the people important to you. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Now on to our show with your host, Peter Mingles. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. It's Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. on the Central Side. And we are here every Saturday at this time, mostly live, like 99.9% it feels like live um, with Scott Johnson. This is actually Scott Johnson's radio show. If you go to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Scott dash Johnson, you'll be able to see the list of all of the radio shows that we've done and be able to hear any of the radio shows that you want to over again. Again, if you go over there, and I know Scott's going to give out his website in a little bit um, where you can get some more information about what's going on with Scott as well. But we always like to tell this very little interesting story about how this whole thing got started. I think that's kind of important. I started Building Fortunes Radio. Oh, it's been the tail end of 2012, beginning part of 2013. And I wanted a platform where we can tell about all the different things relative to home-based businesses. And I knew that some people just do home-based businesses like MLM companies as a hobby. You know, they do it, you know, they want to buy some products and maybe make some extra money or maybe get their products for free or whatever. They just kind of play with it. And they really don't, it doesn't really matter. You know, they're not looking for long-term residual income or, you know, the type of income that might be lifestyle changing or lifestyle, lifestyle dependent. They're just looking to play. And for those people, it doesn't really matter. You don't really need to study the industry. But for those people that are looking to make it more like a career, where it would be significant if you lost it, or maybe it's even part of your plan, um, I knew that I wanted to share with people the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, you got to know where the potholes are on the road to, you know, your road, your road to life, if you will. So we started doing the radio shows. I had a radio show with a gentleman named Roger Van Vlissingen, and he is a at least he was way back then, a critic of MLM and wrote for, and opinion pieces, if you will, for SeekingAlpha.com, which is a website that deals with publicly traded companies. And he wrote some really good stuff relative to Herbalife, threw in some Vima stuff every once in a while, even though Vima isn't publicly traded. And I asked him to be on the radio show, and Scott Johnson heard the radio show took the initiative to call me up and ask a bunch of questions and, you know, said basically, you know, a lot of people don't think about or don't even pay any attention to one of the biggest scams that are out there in home-based businesses. And I said, what's that, Scott? And he said, the tool scam associated with MLM. And again, if you've listened to this, you already know the example, but Scott was with Amway. I had joined Amway a couple of times and quit as well, mostly because, for me, the tools scam, um, because I saw that, you know, it was really something fishy about this. People are more interested from stage of making sure that I'm buying their books, their cassettes, their tapes, coming to their next event, being loyal to the system, almost like a cult following. And I was saying to myself, as I was trying to figure it out, you know, why are they so loyal to this? We don't even make any money 
meaning I, wouldn't make any money. I only make money on the commissions of the products that we sell and based on the team that I build, the overrides on the commissions of their products that move through their organization as well. Why is there such a big focus? I mean, if we took that money and put it into product sales, we'd all make more money. And I realized that it was eventually a system or a tool scam. So we started doing this radio show after that conversation. And this is one of my most favorite radio shows because it gives me an opportunity to continue to research this industry over and over and over again. But also, simultaneously, I realized that when we take a look at this, we have the opportunity to take a look at some of the other people that are anti-MLMers, and look at the the way they do their approach. A lot of them influencers or YouTubers or just, you know, whatever they might be calling themselves on YouTube specifically. And I know they go over to Instagram. I'm not really a big Instagram person. Um, but I know on YouTube we watch their long-form, you know, rants, if you will, about what's going on with MLM. And I think everybody needs – or lots of people need a better education of what is going on. So we do this radio show to get educate as many people as we possibly can. So when we say MLM is good when it's good and bad when it's bad, or when it's done right, it could be really good, and when it's done bad, it could be really bad. And we give you some of the examples on this radio show of what that really means. So, Scott, thanks for being here on your own radio show. We're coming up to Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day is going to be in the middle of the week for those people that might be listening in. And this is a, a Valentine's Day is a special day for me in reference to the last couple of years because my daughter graduated from boot camp on Valentine's Day several years ago. So it always it kind of it planted another special place for Valentine's Day for us. So happy Valentine's Day for everybody and especially those Marines that might be graduating around this time on uh, at this time of year. I know probably it's around that same time, boot camp every year. So whatever Marines say is whatever Marines say. And I say that specifically only because uh, based on our failed administration, there's been too many Marines recently who have died mostly in training accidents and or preventable things. So shout out for the Marines. And kind of glad my daughter's out. So anyway, so back to you, Scott. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure... I would be glad if I was you that she was out too, Peter, because this is not a time you really want to be in the military. Um, I was too. I was in the Navy years ago, but uh, to serve now would be most difficult. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, and, and you're right. Um, most people don't pay attention to the tool scams. Oh, let me go back to Valentine's Day again real quick because um, it's a special day for our family too in that our first son was born on Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. So, so if I forget Fe- February 14th, I'm in double trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. yep. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, the tool scam, um, I found out about it in 2005. Um, that's almost 20 years ago. Just think about that. It's been a, a long time. And I've been speaking up about it since then, um, and I'm glad to be on this show on a weekly basis for over eight years, um, you know, just putting the message out because it's, it's an important message. Uh, most people either don't know about it or they don't really understand the significance of it because the, the Amway upline make multiple times, sometimes ten times or more from the tools than they do from the Amway business, the products, and most people don't know that. And so it's important if you're thinking about joining Amway 
that you know what the business model is because it's not what they're showing you. What they're showing you is only a small part of the business model. Uh, the rest of it, which is much, much larger, but it's only for the upper crust, right? It's not, it's not for those 99% like you were talking about, um, that you weren't going to make any money from the tools starting out, and, and you won't until you get into the top 1%, but then the money is incredible. So, and what makes it a scam isn't making the money, it's making the money and then not admitting it. It's a lie of omission, so to speak. They don't say anything false. They just don't say the things that are true that they don't think you want to hear. And and so that's what I mean by lie of omission. Um, and the, the tools, you know, back in our day was tapes, books, and functions. You know, cassette tapes, books, functions, you know, various meetings, that kind of thing. And, uh, and I'm battling a little bit of a cold, so my voice might crack a little bit here tonight. Um, in, in the modern day, the current systems, as you say, um, it, they're still books. Uh, they don't have cassette tapes anymore. Uh, most of these uh, tool scam companies have um, MP3 and MP4 downloads uh, to your phone. Uh, they have phone apps. Uh, they still have all the various meetings. They also have website access. They have um, uh, voicemail. All these things are supposed to, you know, train and motivate people. And I think they do a decent job of that. It's just that they don't admit they're making most of their money from that, and that's the problem. So, so that's problem number one that I see in MLM. And not all MLMs have tool scams. Um, the the other problem which I think is either universal or nearly universal, is the lack of retail sales. And, and let's define what a retail sale is. It's a sale of a product or service to someone who is not part of the MLM compensation plan. Um, that's what a customer is. That's what a retail sale is. Uh, you don't have retail sales if you're a distributor. Uh, if you buy you know, from your upline or you buy directly from the company as a distributor, that's called internal consumption. That is not retail sales. And if you don't have very many retail sales, what you have is an illegal pyramid. Um, and the FTC has shut down several of those kinds of companies over the years because some people claim, well, we have products so we can't be a pyramid. Well, that's only half true. Uh, you, can, you can be a pyramid and not have products, but you can also be a pyramid and not have very many retail sales. And unfortunately, there's no federal law that defines the minimum. However, the companies you mentioned a few minutes ago, Vima and Herbalife, both settled with the FTC in 2016 and in both cases, uh, the deal they made, you know, settled out of court. Vima was 51% has to go to customers, retail sales, and Herbalife was more of a sliding scale from one-third to two-thirds, uh, you know, compared to the distributor's purchases. Um, but the middle of that is 50%. And, and so that's kind of, you know, the unofficial line that is drawn, Um I have encouraged the FTC uh, to do something to define the minimum. I think that would be very helpful. Even the MLMs have asked for more guidance. So let's give it to them. <laughs> that's, that's how I would look at that, that whole issue. 
and I don't know why the FTC uh, is dragging their feet on that, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, there was there was an effort about well, it's almost two years ago now, uh, May of 2022, where they asked for input. The FTC did, and I gave them plenty of input. Um, and you can see my input actually on my Facebook page. If you go to facebook.com slash Scott Tex Johnson, S-C-O-T-T-T-E-X-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, all one word. Um, the first story there is my input to the FTC, and I answered every one of their questions and sub-questions directly, um, point by point by point. Um, on that same Facebook page, you'll see my three websites that cover various aspects of MLMs. Uh, you'll see a link to my YouTube page, um, this this particular uh, radio show slash podcast, uh, my email, and my phone number. So there's no reason um, somebody can't get a hold of me if they want to um, and, and learn all kinds of things if they want to, but they have to want to. So that's kind of the, the two big things. And, um, you know, the, the tool scam I look at is RICO fraud. Uh, it could be uh, – more simple business fraud, but I think it is at least business fraud from the standpoint that if you misrepresent the business model, then you're deceiving people. And, you know, the the FTC's guiding law is actually worded. Um, They're supposed to be going after unfair and with unfair and deceptive business practices. So, I can't imagine anything more unfair and deceptive than hiding where you're making most of your money. And, and by the way, a lot of these people at the top, they wear these fancy pins in Amway. A lot of them, and I think it's probably most of them, achieved that level at one time, but then they fell backwards. And if it wasn't for the tool scam, the Amway tool scam, they would probably have to go back and get a job. I mean, you can imagine somebody like a a diamond distributor going back and getting a job and and what a message that would send to their downline, how great this business is. (laughs) So so the the tool scam has many facets, right? It has many implications um, beyond just making the money. Uh, There's all kinds of additional layers of deception that get folded into it. So... Anyway, I'll stop there. Um, we do have some great Amway updates this week, but I'll let you make any comments you want, and we can get back into that. Nope, all the good to go. I'm kind of interested in what you might have to say next. Yes. So I had a little birdie uh, contact me. Um, he slash she uh, provided me a link to a short video, about, a, I think, a eight- or nine-minute video, from a guy by the name of uh, Joe Markowitz. Now, Joe Markowitz is a high-level um, distributor, IBO, in Amway um, in the uh, LTD group, Leadership Training Development, I believe is what it stands for. Um, now, interestingly, a couple months ago, uh, the guy that really heads up LTD, uh, Larry Winters, did not make this video. And I also heard a couple months ago that he has not been seen in a couple months. And the rumor is he's got some health issues. Um, They have seen his wife, Pam, uh, 
Larry and Pam Winters is the couple's name, um, at, at business meetings. Now, if, if you know Amway in any way, you realize it's the guys that run the business. The wives are in the background. So for a wife to be in the forefront by herself is highly unusual. Um, and, and so we don't know what's going on with Larry Winters, but he hasn't been seen apparently for a couple months. Um, and he did not make this video even though he's in charge of LTD. So in this video, it was on Vimeo, and I don't think you can make copies of, of videos on that platform, which is probably why they put the video on that platform. Um, but anyway, the, the news is that in LTD, and I wonder if this is going on in other tool scam companies as well, you know, like Worldwide Dream Builders, uh, Brit Worldwide, uh, Dexter Yeager's Internet Services. Uh, there, there's a, a few others. Um, so I, I would be curious to know um, if this is going on in other tool scam companies. But it was announced by Joe Markowitz that beginning, I think it was last September, if you joined um, last September and then moving forward for the indefinite future, um, the tools for those new IBOs are free. And I believe that includes um, various recordings. Now, I think it's just like the basic package. It's not, you know, the all-you-can-eat smorgasbord type level of tool consumption. But I can guarantee you the basic package is more than enough. Um, you know, they try to get people to buy even more and more to make more and more money. Um, but the basic package is more than enough to get the information you need. I think it also includes the books. Uh, they did mention, Joe did mention, it mentions, it, it, it includes all of the meetings. So the small meetings, the local meetings, as well as the very large functions that normally cost, you know, somewhere between $120 and $150 per person. So it will be double that for a couple. Um, those are all free for the first year, which is pretty incredible. Um, now I started thinking about this a little bit. Why would they forego all this profit? Because it's not like them to do that. Uh, you know, the, the, if, if you know these people, and I know them very well, like Rush, like Rush Limbaugh used to say, I know them like every inch of my um, uh what did he say? Gloriously naked body. <laughs> um, you know, in, in jest, of course, because the common term is I know him like the back of my hand. But Rush Limbaugh liked to uh, embellish that. Um, so I know these people. I know how they think. And, and my first thought was, wait, they wouldn't give up all this profit. There's no way. There's no way they would do this. So and I also didn't know whether or not this was their initiative or Amway basically told them to do this because I've got some Amway news also that kind of aligns with this. But let me continue on this, this tool scam part first. So I, I was thinking back to when I was an IBO. And as I recall, most people at the meetings were people that had been there for more than a year. And I don't know the exact percentage, but I would estimate that maybe 20 to 30% of the new IBOs actually bought tools. So if you put those two things together, 
it's not going to be very much of a financial impact to the upline. In fact, they can make up for it very easily by just bumping up the prices a little bit and claiming inflation, which is real, um, in the last couple of years. Thank you, Joe Biden. Um, and everything would be fine. They wouldn't be making any less money. They would be getting these tools to these new people who now have no excuse to not consume the tools. Um, now, I have to say for the meetings, it's only the tickets. You still have to pay for any kind of travel costs, you know, your meals, your hotel, all of those things still come out of your pocket. And so in order to go to the major functions in particular, it is going to cost you probably several hundred dollars per function. So it's not going to be all free, uh, but it is quite enticing to have all these things for free uh, because that excuse is taken away. Oh, I can't afford it. Um, and, of course, the idea is that you'll enjoy the tools so much that you will then start consuming them when your one-year one year anniversary is up. Um, so, yeah, that was very interesting. I almost couldn't believe my eyes like it was AI or something. Uh, but but um, I, I believe it was an actual video from the actual guy. Um, and we'll just have to wait to see, you know, if this comes out from another source other than the one that I got it from uh, to just kind of confirm it. I, I do believe it's true um, because it looked very real to me. I've seen Joe Markowitz, not so much in person, but on various videos and audios, it sure looked and sounded like him. So anyway, that's really big news. Um, it's kind of similar to what happened in the UK back in 2006 and 2007 when the UK regulator, the equivalent of the FTC in the UK, uh, took Amway to court in a, in a, into a trial and tried to kick Amway out of the country. And one of the things that Amway agreed to, because I believe they didn't want to get kicked out of particularly a first world country, because then that might cause a domino effect uh, among other countries as well. Um, and so one of the things, and I believe that the regulators proposed this, it could have been Amway, but I think it was the UK regulators, um, they insisted that the tools be sold for prices that would only recover the production cost. There, there would be no profit in the tools. And so what we see with this LTD Joe Markowitz announcement is nowhere close to that because that first year is free, um, but that's a very small percentage of the overall uh, consumers of tools. And, and I'm sure the objective is to get them to buy tools after that first year is up. And, and the objective, I'm sure, is to exceed the 20 to 30% that they normally see um, when the tools cost money. So anyway, it, it would just be interesting to know that dynamic as far as did that UK um, piece of information from years ago somehow get sort of pushed in into the U.S. either by Amway or um, maybe the regulators are talking to these people 
it's hard to know. Um, all we know is what we see in the video, but I just thought that was quite interesting. And I'll let, I'll let you make any comments on the video before I get into the Amway side of the news. Yeah, so I, I haven't seen the video, but um, in reference to this move, it's, um, you know, you could probably explain it away many different ways. But it definitely is, it would be interesting to know the motivation behind it, which I think you're going to probably come across maybe a little bit later on in this radio show. But it's also one of those dangerous trends, whereas if this goes wrong, they could be setting up something that might really hurt. So I don't know enough to really be able to make a comment. My suspicions might be that their attrition rate is pretty high, and meaning in that first year. So by doing this, they're trying to minimize their attrition rate. Um, and by minimizing their attrition rate, um, that's going to help more people at least buy something. So at, at least you're going to get a portion of the person's uh, tools business, maybe not the whole tools business, as, you, as, you, as they continue growing. So I don't know how Amway is doing, really doing, in the U.S. It'll be interesting to see. But I don't know the motivation nor the pressure of why these changes were made. So back to you, Scott. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was looking at another Amway document recently where they talked about for the past eight years, uh, Amway – I can't remember if it was in the U.S. or North America, you know, which would include Canada and some of the islands and so forth, um, that for the past eight consecutive years, they were over $1 billion. Um, now, I remember when Quickstar was new back in 1999, they used to report out the annual sales of Quickstar. Uh, Quickstar was um, the, the name that Amway used for – North America only between 1999 and uh, around 2007 to 2009 when they phased it out over a two-year period and went back to Amway. Um, but back in those days, if I recall the numbers correctly, um, and, and you didn't, you were not required to change from Amway to Quickstar immediately. Uh, that, that was your choice. Uh, most people did, I believe. And so they reported numbers like 900 million, or 900, um, yeah, 900 million uh, to 1 billion, and they reported this for three or four years, and then they stopped reporting it. And I think after the first two years, because such a high percentage did come over to Quickstar, they then got rid of the Amway in North America again until 2007. Um, so it was only Quickstar in North America for several years. Um, so that means that eight years ago, which would have been, let's call it 2023, since we're so new into 2024, uh, that would have been, what, about 2015. So in 2015, it appears that Amway in North America was greater than $1 billion, and they have been ever since. Now, I don't think they're much over a billion, Um and certainly before 2015, Amway is admitting they were less than $1 billion. Um, and so it apparently peaked out somewhere in the early 2000s, and it, it went down until 2015, until it made a little bit of a recovery. Now also keep in mind, when Amway reports these numbers every year, 
they report it in current dollars. And so if they reported a billion dollars this year, and they also reported a billion dollars in the year 2000, the year 2000, there was a lot more products being moved than there was in this past year because of inflation. And so in terms of the amount of products, they're actually decreasing. They're going down um, when you factor in inflation with either a flat uh, or reducing or even a slowly increasing volume. If that increasing volume is not greater than inflation, um, the number of products they're selling is actually going down. So um, that, that's a little interesting tidbit when you, you picked up that, uh, that point. It, it reminded me of that. So here's the news on the Amway side. Um, and I found out about this several months ago as a proposed change, um, and that is um, they were going to re- require IBOs who hadn't sold products for the previous however many months, if they missed, if they missed um, at least one month of not having any retail sales, then in one of the next five months, the IBO had to have 60% of their products, six zero, being purchased by customers. Now, you might think, well, gee, that's pretty good because that's, uh, that's greater than the 50%, you know, thumb rule that we mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, that looks really good. But when you think about it, again, I know how these people think. Um, that includes Amway. Um, all you have to do as an IBO is not buy anything for your personal uh, purchase for a given month, for one month, and then you can sell anything, any little whatever. And now you have 100% of your uh, purchase being sold as, at retail, even though it was a very tiny, you know, the tiniest product you can imagine. Um, but you sold it. And that's 100% of your volume. And so you check that little box on the minimum of 60% for one month. Now, going forward, you're supposed to sell 50 PV, which is about um, $150, somewhere between $150 and $200. Um, In fact, that's another... um, item I picked up in reading Amway's new rules. They have new rules for 2024. And in in part of their calculations, uh, they used the PVBV ratio of about, I think it was 3.36 to 1. In other words, for every PV dollar, it costs you, you know, $3 and change as far as the product cost. So there's a point value, which is the PV, then there's a business volume, which is in dollars, and that business volume is roughly the cost of the product, and that's how the uh, bonuses are calculated. Uh, you have to increase PV every year in order – I should say you have to increase the PV-BV ratio. Um, actually, it's the other way around. You have to increase the BV over PV ratio – every year to make up for inflation because for a given number of, let's say, SA8 laundry detergent boxes, um, you want someone to achieve 
a certain pin level based on the number of boxes. Um, however, those boxes used to cost a lot less dollars. And so when you had a lower uh, BVPV ratio, um, the, the payout was less. With a higher ratio, the, the, uh, the payout is more, but it's more not because they're being generous, but because they're trying to keep up with inflation. So it's not like the business is getting better. It's just tracking along with inflation. So, yeah, that was another really interesting um, part because that is now a not a proposed rule. It's actually in Amway's official rules, um, both the uh, 60%. Uh, now, the, the 50 PV has always been a rule um, for years and years, for decades. Um, but the 60% rule uh, is new. And also what's new, it's in the rules, um, and this comes directly from the U.K. Because another piece of the U.K., um, it, it turned out, I guess it was sort of a settlement. Um, it went to trial, but Amway bent over backwards, and the judge said, well, you know, you guys are really screwing up here, but you're promising to do all these things that the regulator is demanding. And so, you know, by a very fine margin, I'm going to allow you to stay in the country and one of those additional things is you had to have a certain amount of retail sales in the UK. This is back 2006, 2007 timeframe. Um, and it was on the order of 250 to $300, as I recall, you know, they use pounds over there. So it, it kind of goes up and down. Um, but you had to have about $300 worth of retail sales before you could be allowed to recruit anybody. Um, that's in the UK for all these years. Now, I believe they cheat. Um, I believe I know how they cheat. It's hard to prove that they cheat without seeing more information. Um, but that rule now applies in the United States as well. Um, you have to have $300. There's no time frame. You could do it in a week. You could do it in three years because um, there's no time frame assigned, um, but you have to sell $300 worth of Amway products before you can recruit anybody, which is news. Um, and, and I do wonder how long it's going to take the average person to do that um, because the upline is not going to be able to help them very much. Um, the upline, most of them hardly ever sold anything. So they don't know. They don't know how to sell a product. They, they know how to sell the dream. And certainly, you know, there's certain correlations between selling a dream and a, and a product, but I, I do think they're fundamentally different as well. Um, but those are, you know, a couple of the new things on the Amway side. One more thing on the Amway side, um, which goes right along with LTV and the free tools, is Amway is on board. And I think maybe that this was coordinated because these things happen at the same time. Um, the usual, I think it's between 60 and $70 a year that you have to pay to join and then renew on an annual basis with Amway. That first year from Amway is also free. So you don't have to pay to join Amway as well as the, uh, there, there's also an organization called the IBOAI um, which is supposedly represents the uh, IBOs, 
but it's made up of all the, the tool scam artists at the very top. So in no way are they really looking out for the IBO's best interests. Um, they're looking out for their tool scam interests. Um, but anyway, you don't have to pay the 10 or 12 bucks a year um, for that organization either for the first year. Now, one of the really interesting things is they used to have the cost of joining Amway in the rules. There is no dollars mentioned for the renewal fee. So who knows what the renewal fee is because um, it's not in the rules. So we don't know. Um, but that first year is free, and then you start paying for both Amway, the IBOAI, and for tools. Um, I would hate to be a person that joined just before the deadline, right? You get, now you got to pay for the tools. You don't get a break <laughs> with the people that joined maybe a day after you um, get a free year. Um, and, and just think, you know, if you were even an established IBO that's been in for several years, you might be thinking, that's kind of a raw deal. I didn't get that deal. What's going on here? Um, so there's all kinds of, because you know there's a lot of people with entitlement mentalities out there. And, and when the new people get a sweet deal that someone that's been around for a while did not get, there could be some hurt feelings there. But we'll have to see what happens. Um, but anyway, that's, that's some of the changes that I noticed in going through the new rules. And, and there's several other things here. They're not, they're not quite as... Uh, significant, I don't think, and I won't mention them on the show this week, um, but but anyway, that's some really interesting stuff, um, you know, particularly both Amway and LTV have made the first year free. It, it's pretty incredible. So any comments on that? No, but well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because maybe there was some pressure for them to do this. Maybe there was some creativity there for them to do this and now it's all in the execution. So we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting. You know, there's a big push on sales. There's a big push on getting customers and some of these things might help them actually get some customers and some real sales. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Some it of, could, it uh, could. Good. We'll see. Yeah, no, the bottom line is it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because now they really put the spotlight on it. So we'll see how it ends out next year at this time. We're going to be able to talk about how it's been working out. Yeah, I mean, they put the spotlight on it, but it was kind of in the background. Um, you know, I don't think that, except for that video that, that I was sent, this has gone out in any kind of a, you know, widespread manner. I'm sure all the IBOs right. know about it, and they're promoting it to their prospects. But I don't think there's a – and I haven't looked at the LTV website, um, and they generally put stuff behind paywalls anyway. Um, you know, for them to widely advertise this. This was more of a, you know, behind-the-scenes video that I was sent. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's being kept fairly quiet. I don't think that uh, Amway has really made a big splash about, hey, you can you can join for free for a year. Uh, it's in the rules, and, and certainly it's going to be, you know, pointed out by the IPOs to their prospects. But as far as and we announcing it to the industry, hey, first year is free, you know, making a big uh, public display of these changes. I haven't seen that. Uh, maybe it's out there. I just haven't seen it. Um, so, you know, they're, they're doing it quietly. Let's talk about it like that. Um, 
but it is going to be part of, you know, the, the selling point when IBO show the, the uh, opportunity to prospects. So, um, like you say, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, yep. it, it, it's it'll certainly be interesting. interesting. Yep. Yeah, a yep. lot of things. A lot of things are trying to figure their way out. So I know you have some more Amway stuff, but we'll, so what's next on your Amway stuff? Yeah, that, that's pretty much the high points. I mean, I, I've got several notes I've been taking on the Amway rules, but they're mostly um, things that I just see, you know, Amway is duplicitous, which I've seen them that way for a long time. And so we can cover some of those things on, on a later show um, uh, to, uh, you know, kind of dig in, in more details. Uh, I wanted to put those highlights out there because I do think they're very significant. Um, and, and, we'll, and and like you said, it's going to be hard to sort of backtrack this, right? Once you get it started, um, it's going to be kind of hard to undo it. Um, and that might be why they didn't make a big splash publicly about it, is they wanted to have a an escape path to be able to undo it if it blows up on them. Um, so, so anyway, there, yeah, there's a lot of strategy here. There's a lot of, uh, you know, different, you know, potentially you don't know exactly what they're thinking. I do know how they think, but as far as what pushed them in this direction, was it internal, external? It was, I find it too much of a coincidence that LTD and Amway did this first year free joining thing um, at the same time as a coincidence, uh, that there almost had to be some coordination. It also brings up the question of how big was Amway's business last year, 2023? They normally report this sometime during this month, the month of February. Um, now, they don't uh, report any longer country by country. Uh, sometimes they do when the volume goes up, but they hardly ever do when it goes down. They do report, however, the global volume, which went from uh, 8.9 billion down to 8.1 billion, uh, you know, two years ago, 2022, and they haven't reported 2023 yet. I'm thinking with all these drastic changes, they went down again. Um, I would be surprised if it went, went up um, with all these drastic changes. There's something going on here that caused them to think we got to change something. Uh, and I don't think it's good news. Um, so we won't know until they report the number out. Now, in in the recent past years, they've sometimes delayed into March and even April. Uh, I looked up last year, and it was uh, like around February 27th time frame was when they reported it last year. Um, but in three or four years previous, it was quite a bit later in the year before it came out, so it, it's hard to tell when it's going to come out. Um, traditionally, it's in the month of February. Um, I mean, their fiscal year ends at the beginning of September, so they've had plenty of time to, you know, crunch all the numbers and, you know, double-check everything and all that. Um, to me, there's no reason to wait past February but they have done that in the past for unknown reasons. Um, so anyway, I guess that's, that's the main Amway stuff tonight. Um, it's, it's, 
it was definitely an interesting bit of news that I learned from from this source as well as reading the Amway rules and how they um, changed Amway rules to, to kind of go along with LTD and, and perhaps other tool scam companies. Um, I'm going to keep my eyes out for other, you know, news from other tool scam companies to see if they're sort of falling in line with this. Um, it, it could be that, that Amway put out this edict. You know, we, we don't know. So um, there you go. Uh, yeah, so as I'm listening to you, um, I, I'm going to run down two tracks. So one is the federal regulations track, and the other is the sales track. And I'm going to first start off with the sales track first. I remember when I was with Electrolux, the vacuum cleaner company, and I would see them change the policies over here, change this over there. And I was like, these are the things that people do when they don't realize. They just got to go out and go to work. So I used to say that all the time. I'm like, we don't need a better compensation plan. We don't need to change the way we regulate things or the way we categorize things or the rearranging the branches or the compensation or the this or that. We just got to go to work. We have a sales problem, guys. We have a sales problem, which, by the way, was always a very unpopular answer uh, for most people that don't like to go to work. So a lot of the upper crust guys, they figured they were going to be able to change it with regulation or legislation like politicians do, as opposed to just go to fucking work. Like we got a work problem, guys. We don't have anything else. We have attitude problem. We have a work ethics problem. Just go to work. I don't think that's Amway's issue. I'm going to go more along the lines of they see regulators potentially creeping in with stuff so they're basically cooking the books, I'm thinking, with trying to figure out how they could make themselves more favorable for regulators. So regulators would kind of like, you know, like they're kind of like um, if you were in school and you figured if you're a student and you're looking down, the teacher might not look at you because if you made eye contact with the teacher, you so I think this is maybe Amway looking down so they don't get picked by the federal federal regulators because the FTC is still maybe hot on the trail of somebody, or maybe somebody's putting a bug in their ear. Why aren't you going after Amway? Why aren't you going after Amway? Why aren't you going after Amway? So maybe they hear or feel some pressure. So it's either sales or regulation. And I don't think it's marketing genius, guys. <laughs> I don't think it's marketing genius. I, that would be a variable number three. I think it's probably along the line of regulations, maybe breathing down someone's neck. But that's just a thought having to do with no knowledge. I'm telling you right up front, no knowledge is just a general feeling. So back to you, Scott. Then I got something to talk about relative to sales in a second. Yeah, um, I think, I think you're dead on, you know, Um, it could be both. It could be a third thing and it could be all three of those things, you know, in different ratios. Uh, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, um, but something is going on. Um, and, and certainly Amway sales worldwide have been coming down. Actually, they peaked in 2013 when you factor in inflation. They've they've gone down every single year since then. Even when they've gone up modestly from one year to the next, again, when you factor in inflation, it actually went down. You know, if you count the number of boxes of X product, uh, it decreased. So, um, 
and certainly, you know, Amway has has a problem with retail sales, uh, and, and we know that because um, it was reported by someone they hired, Amway hired uh, a company back in 2006 timeframe um, to look at in the United States what the retail sales are, and and the answer came back as 3.4 percent. Now Amway didn't put that out. Uh, Orrin Woodward, who got kicked out of Amway, did put that out, um, and he got sued for putting it out because it was confidential information. But we have the number, 3.4%, which to me is is lower than I would expect because my upline, and I assume many other uplines because one of the main principles in Amway and MLMs is that of duplication. In other words, we're all doing the same thing the same way, or at least a very similar way. And um, my upline taught us how to take some of our personal purchases and and basically manipulate the computer to make them look like retail sales so that we could show that we had our 50 PV. Um, and, and so I guess most of the people weren't very good listeners. I don't know. Uh, or, or maybe – this was sort of a trial on a smaller scale. I don't know. Um, but I do know 3.4 is much closer to zero than it is 50%. So that's, that's what I do know. Um, so you, you said you had another point there. Peter, go ahead. Well, okay, so switching subjects a little bit. This is more of a general observation. Um, and it's going to be about, we're going to call it like the MLM creep. So I, I know that might be a friendly thing but uh, or a friendly term for the anti-MLMers. But in a positive sense, MLM seems to be creeping in to different and various um, places that most people don't really see. And I'll give you a specific example. I'm a big follower, as we know, of Mike Lindell, you know, the MyPillow guy. So Mike Lindell um, has been attacked almost into bankruptcy. Um, because of his association with Donald Trump. But forget about that. One of the things that Donald Trump, I'm sorry, one of the things that Mike Lindell did was he developed his own platform called frankspeech.com. So frankspeech.com is basically a website that Mike Lindell plays his uh, MyPillow commercials and MyTowel commercials and all the other sort of stuff. It's his platform. So you'd expect him to play his commercials there, so that's fine. But he also has guest hosts. And just like Rumble um, has their own, you know, Rumble's their own platform with independent thinkers and, you know, people that they say don't uh, censor people. And there's other ones like com, like Mike Adams has his. Well, Mike Lindell with his frank speech has different hosts. One of those hosts is Diamond and Silk. So for those people that remember Diamond and Silk, they were big Trump supporters. They were the Black Sisters. Diamond was one. Silk was the other. And Diamond has passed away. It uh, was uh, unexpected. But Silk has carried on, and she does her radio shows. And all of a sudden I saw that she had David Schmidt, I think is the name of the owner of LifeWave, on talking about the patches that LifeWave has. Now, if you're an MLM and you know LifeWave and you know David Schmidt, uh, Schmidt uh, you could identify right away. 
I don't think Diamond, or I'm sorry, I don't think Silk really understands this stuff. She's just happy to have a sponsor, probably a position, and uh, is building a team, maybe, through the people that are listening in. But if you're watching Diamond and Silk and you see her interviewing this gentleman, he's the you know, owner, I, I think, of LifeWave, which is an MLM company, and they're talking about patches. So that was kind of interesting. I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. I wonder if she even knows what she's doing. Prior to her, there was a gentleman named Brandon House, and House is H-O-W-S-E. He's one of the big guys at that. I think he runs a church, so he's got a real big following, like a church religious organization kind of a thing, and he was talking about superfoods. And if you go to superfoodshouse.com, so superfoods, house, H-O-W-S-E.com, and you go, look, you're like, holy cow, that's Purium. Purium's an MLM company, and he's selling, like, the stuff that's there. I wonder if he knows that they're an MLM company. I guess he does, but he's not saying it's an MLM company. They're just selling the product. So if you were a Brandon House, like, crony or fan or follower, and he says, hey, you know, <clears throat> My wife has taken this stuff, and she really loves it, and, you know, we're doing this, and we really love it too. And you're buying the product. You're actually buying from an MLM company, even though I'm not going to say it's disguised, but it's not. It's kind of covert. That's why I call it MLM creep. Like they're creeping in to these independent thinkers that are looking for sponsors, and they're kind of like more so now than I've seen in a while. There's um, another one. Now, by the way, um, Mello Luca says they're not an MLM company, but a lot of people are in a company called, I forget what it's called. It's like switchpatch.com or something. Don't, don't go by that one. I haven't remembered that. But anyway, there are other people that are basically pushing Mello Luca's product line, basically, you know, buy from American manufacturers, you know, and they got an American flag there. They're talking about that switch away, I think it's called. Um, but anyway, so there's people in there, and they're also all over the place. All these independent people that are running their shows on, you know, what's going on with the elections and vaccines and health and preppers and all those other types of things, those conspiracy-thinking people that many people would probably say. But a lot of them are pushing MLM products. And the reason why I'm just mentioning this is those people that are buying these MLM products from these influencers, let's call them, are pure retail sales. They're not part of the compensation plan, more than less likely. They are just regular customers. If they go on auto ship, those count as well. And that would inevitably be driving up real retail sales. So, you know, hats off, thumbs up for those people that are getting those other people will take a look at these, whether they realize they're MLM companies or not. We've seen before how some influencers have been bashed by the anti-MLMers. And I'm sure right now there's your anti-MLM crowd that's saying, which one did he say? And which one did he say? And which one did he say? And we're going to go out there and blast the hell out of those. But I don't think these people will probably care and they'll tell you to go F off. So the reality is, is that MLM is creeping into other places. And that's a good thing because they are – traditional retail sales. So whether it's a patch or whether it's uh, smoothies or something for smoothies, 
it's a good thing. Could be really good for the MLM industry. So that would be MLM done right by my category. So Scott, over to you. Yeah, good points. I mean, I mean, this goes all the way back to Bob Hope supporting Amway in commercials. It goes way, 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 way back. You know, Pat Boone. Those are names that you know younger people listening to this probably have no idea who they were. Um, so it goes way back, you know, in time for these famous people, whether they be, you know, actors or athletes or, you know, well-known people of any stripe, um, you know, pushing uh, a company's products. And, and you're right, all of those products that are being purchased are legitimate retail sales. Now, what we don't know is what what's the ratio of those total sales, retail sales, to the rest of the company, you know, is that statistically significant to show that there are enough retail sales? And I'll use that 50% again as the, the measure um, as far as what's enough. Um, you know, we, we don't know that. And, of course, some people will buy things that a celebrity promotes because they like the celebrity. Um, but it's still, in my mind, a legitimate retail sale. The question is, how significant is it? And, you know, do the other distributors actually have their own retail sales? That's what's important. Because both of us are not anti-MLM. Let's make that clear. Um, I know for me, the two things I mentioned early on this show, and I do on most shows, is, look, if you've got the retail sales and you don't have a tool scan or, or another way of... Um, you know, misleading people on where the money is being made, then you're fine. I don't have any problem at all with the MLM. I just don't think there's very many about there that do have those retail sales to that level. And certainly the ones like Amway that have tool scams, and Herbalife has one. I think there's others. Um, and that's the second problem. Um, but, yeah, in general, you know, we're not against MLM. It's just – you guys got to have a legitimate business, uh, like like we all always say, Peter. Uh, MLM done right, um, and we define what doing it right is, um, rather than just saying do it right with no further guidance, um, which is very different, by the way, than most anti MLMers when they throw around the P word pyramid, and they have no idea what it means. Um, it, it just shows you you know, the level of, I guess, sophistication of thinking that goes into what we're saying versus what most of the anti-MLMers are saying. Bottom line, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Um, and that's another reason we do this show, amongst many other reasons. So anyway, good, good points. Um, anything more on that? Nope, good to go. Good stuff. So All anyway, right. so I'll, and I'll... I'll keep looking. I, I, I have a tendency of frequenting those types of channels quite often, so I'll kind of keep people posted. And just a little bit of trivia. A lot of people don't know this, but um, one day I got a phone call from Tom Chenault. Tom Chenault is the gentleman who was highlighted. Actually, Tom Chenault's wife, Denise, was the one that was highlighted in John Oliver's famous anti-MLM rant that probably has about 35 million people looking at it by now. But I got a phone call from Tom Chenault 
who uh, also runs a radio show, used to, I don't know if he still does, but he um, said, hey, I'm kind of excited I sponsored Alex Jones. And I did not at that time know who Alex Jones was. So I said, I don't know who Alex Jones is. He says, oh, he's really big. He runs this thing called uh, InfoWars. And I said, I, didn't, I still don't know what InfoWars is. So I started to watch InfoWars. And most people know who Alex Jones is now. People do not know that Alex Jones was mostly funded by the product profits generated by the company Longevity. So he used to talk about Doc Wallach and Tangy Tangerine and was pushing those products. If you can find the very, very, very oldest Alex Jones stuff. So Alex Jones actually started in the MLM world uh, building a downline. And all of those people that were probably um, buying were retail sales. So Alex Jones had a considerable amount of money coming in from retail customers. And some of them might have joined. They probably didn't even know what he was doing. But the reality is that many of them joined. And then the rest of the transition was Alex probably said, you know, hey, uh, you know, or Longevity said, hey, Alex, you know, kind of cool it down a little bit. So he wound up doing something on his own with the supplements. And that was kind of like the beginning of the beginning of these guys selling supplements um, and, you know, whatever you think about Alex Jones and his supplements doesn't really matter at this point. But the reality is, is that that's how Alex Jones kind of got started with MLM. So who knows, maybe, you know, Mike Lindell starts to come out with his own supplements one of these days, or maybe, you know, some of these other people do. But for right now, they're, they're MLM distributors that are selling products just like regular retail. And I know we've seen this before where some companies, they call it, I think they call it omni-channel. So they're actual MLM companies that put in different compensation plans specifically for influencers. So, you know, if Mr. Bean decided that he wants to sell something, or I remember like PewDiePie, if PewDiePie wanted to sell his favorite whatever, he'd be able to do so, and those guys would make a ton of money just on being basically like affiliate commission, but all helping the MLM company stay, uh, you know, up, you know, cash flow positive and selling retail products as well. So I think we're seeing this stuff kind of, you know, blend all over again. So uh, anyway, so back to you, Scott. Yeah, that, that's something that um, that you mentioned is that omni-channel because that's something the last year or two a lot of MLMs have moved towards. Um, and, and so it's not just the MLM model, but like you say, they also have these affiliations for um, people that are on social media that have, you know, big audiences, even if you have a little audience, um, but the, the bigger the audience you have, um, probably the more people value your opinion. Um, now, I, I would not be one of those, but I, I do know that a lot of people value somebody's opinion because they're a celebrity. Uh, it, it means nothing to me, but I know a lot of people, it means a lot to them. And, and, so, and so they would be willing to buy, you know, the products. Fine, that, that's legitimate retail sales. Um, I'm, also, I'm also glad you, you um, brought up the John Oliver video because I happened to get curious about this this past week to see where he stood with the total number of views on that anti-MLM video that he did on YouTube. And just recently... It crossed the exact number that you said, Peter, 35 million. Um, now, it, it, the, the curve is flattening out. I, I've been 
looking at the curve, you know, the number of views over time, and it's definitely flattening out. I mean, it's been going on eight years now ago that he did that video. Um, so it's getting, you know, a little bit not not so cool, let's put it that way. I mean, I think John Oliver is still followed very wi widely. Um, but typically when a lot of people look at something that's several years old, they think oh, that's, that's not good information anymore, it's, it's dated. And in some cases that's true. In some cases, and I think in particular MLM, it's not true. Uh, there's a whole lot more that's not changed than has changed. And, and certainly some of the things that changed are the affiliate marketing and the omni-channel. You know, companies are looking to maximize their product sales from a company perspective, and, and the omni-channel is definitely a trend. Um, I think it has not gone over real well with the MLM distributors, um, you know, because they're kind of going around them. I don't really look at it that way very much because um, each each individual company, actually you could take all the MLMs together as a whole, it's still a very tiny percentage of the overall sales in a given country. And so, you know, your market penetration is already pretty close to zero and putting in more avenues, more channels to to sell products um, I don't think is going to have a meaningful impact on the MLM side. In fact, it could even be helpful. People could buy the product, they like it, and then they find out, gee, I can make money at this. I, I don't just have to be a customer. I can actually either be an influencer or I could build an MLM. And so there's options available, uh, you know, to those people. So that's kind of how I look at the whole thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, good comments. Anything more? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, uh, was there any other topic you wanted to cover tonight? Nope. Okay. Well, I, I'll go I think, back. Well, yeah, go, go well, those, those, those were the big ones. I just wanted to kind of mention that because it was an observation that I saw. So there's plenty of other things we could talk about, but those were the ones that I wanted to bring up. Yep. Very good. Very good. So I'm going to go back to our mainstay for the rest of the show uh, and talk about stories that are on BehindMLM.com. Um, it's a great website to find all kinds of stuff, particularly MLMs, but also Ponzi's. A lot of this is um, cryptocurrency MLMs, um, you know, definitely these, these extreme get-rich-quick schemes keep floating around. I mean, there's always people that have never been exposed to them. So, you know, you might say, Jesus has been around for a long time. How come, you know, how come they keep uh, these companies going or how do they keep creating new companies that make money? Well, it's because there's a lot of people that have never been exposed to it. And so to them, it's new, even though it's not new overall. Um, that's something that a lot of the anti-MLMers don't understand either. Um, they think if they understand it, Everybody else should. Everyone else should be aware of it, but they're not. And that's just the facts. So you can't refute facts. Um, 
So I'm on BehindMLM.com, and I'm going to look at the uh, story here. This date is February 8th, 2024, and the headline is, Family Claims Victims, quote, Lied to Regulators, unquote, after indictment. So, so apparently the, the, this story actually starts out as, Serial Ponzi scammer Sam Lee's response to his criminal indictment is the victims lied to regulators. Uh, I didn't really read this story, but I assume that he's got a long background in similar operations, um, and now he's trying to shift the blame. I don't know if you saw this story or dug into it anymore, Peter. I I have I read the headline, and I don't really know that much about Sam Lee. Yeah. So anyway. It, I, I'm just glad to see, you know, the regulators are actually doing something in some cases. Um, there's also another February 8th, 2024 story, uh, Novatech FX, $2.3 billion RICO class action filed in New York. Um, so this Novatech FX company, um, it's the Southern District of New York, which is pretty well known for um, big lawsuits, uh, uh, you know, high yeah, visibility crime. type yeah. financial banking crimes, things like that. Yep, exactly. it's a financial district. Southern that district of New York, that Southern District of New York is where you get all your stock brokers, your SGC stuff going on. So, and yep. this um, this um, FX stuff is that forex trading. So all of those you know shiny objects that happened a couple of years ago with after Bitcoin was kind of floundering and then uh, then they were starting to get into the trading platforms as Forex trading became very popular. And now, you know, there's always a, how would I say, there's a, it's kind of like the light coming from the sun. You see eight minutes later, um, the uh, regulators come two, three, four, five years after the light coming from the MLM, you know, scams that started. So these are all things coming home to roost. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we don't know if this is a legitimate lawsuit. We do know that it's it's very difficult to process a class action lawsuit through the system, through the court system, because there's several wickets you have to get through to continue on. Um, and, of course, the lawyers on the other side know all the tricks on how to, um, you know, turn, turn that away from continuing on through the process and again because there's just certain requirements you have to meet to have a successful class action lawsuit one of the main ones is the victims have to have been in a similar position um, as, as far as the circumstances of, of how they were allegedly scammed um, and if there's a lot of differences that's one of the things that often sinks uh, a class action lawsuit. So um, this isn't going to be anything that gets resolved soon, um, especially a class action lawsuit. I would say a minimum of five years. So so don't hold your breath. Um, but it's out there. It's one of those things. Yep. That and just one, like thing, just just one thing about yep. Just one yep. thing about these kinds of uh, let's call if, let's call it a scam. So if it was a scam, and it may have been a scam, and it probably was a scam, um, whether they get through the class action lawsuit or not, you know, I hope they do. But these 
trading platforms really do take advantage of people. I call it the triple G's, guilty, greedy, and goofy. So guilty, greedy, and goofy. So the greedy part is what really gets a lot of these people because many of them, you know, if you can if you can invest $5 and make a little bit of return, well, they, then you can invest $5,000 and make a much better return. And all these things are on paper first before they go away. But if you invest 50000 or, gosh forbid, 100 or 500000 you can make so much money. That's the greedy part. So goofy, gullible, and greedy, these types of things have a tendency of getting the greedy ones, the ones that said, you know, I'm going to mortgage my home or I'm going to throw 50000 bucks into it because I made so much money on paper so far. And uh, unfortunately, that's where you get up to that $2.3 billion. That's a lot of money, Scott. Like, that's a lot of money to be able to, you know, rip off people with. But it's easy to do when you have the stuff that's going on with Forex trading. So unfortunately, there you yeah. go. Exactly. Yeah, it is a big one. You know, when you start talking billions of dollars, you're talking, you know. That's a lot of money. The, the Amway and OneCoin sizes, those are those are big companies. Um, and, and you get into people's, you know, like I lost my life savings or I lost my kid's college account or I lost the last $5,000 that I had. Those kinds of stories are all wrapped up into this type of a scam. It's usually not the guy who's like, you know, Elon Musk, oh, I dropped 50000 on it or $50 million on it. And it was just like, oh, so big deal. I lost money on that deal. These are many times people that don't have the money to throw away, which is really a shame. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there was that woman, I can't remember her name um, right now, but she had a company where she claimed, you know, she could do a, a finger prick and do like 200 blood tests on you. Sure. But it was all Elizabeth fake. Holmes. Yeah, Elizabeth Holmes. She's in, she's in Theranos, prison now. Yep. Yep. The yep. Reynolds was the company. Um, uh, I know that, um, I, and I think it was, it was somebody in the Amway families. Um, and I think it was uh, Betsy DeVos. Uh, yep. She put one. She put one hundred million dollars into that company and lost it all. Now, to most people, one hundred million dollars is infinite. To her, it was a discomfort. So, all these numbers are relative. Um, and I'm sure she she did other investments. You know, where she made a hundred million dollars. So it all came out in the wash, I'm sure, for her. I don't feel any sympathy, um, but but it is all relative. Like you say, you know, if it's the last $5,000 you have in your name, it's everything. Um, and, and it's not so much the number, it's the impact on you. Um, that's, that's the important part of this. Um, so and if that class action, if they, even if they win that class action lawsuit, it might be five, ten years before they see anything from it. So all those people, some of them will be dead. I hate to say it so pitifully, but it's true. Many of these people will be dead by the time this class action lawsuit actually pays out if it ever does. It's not something you're going to get back over the weekend. You know, it's going to be years and years and years in the making if it ever goes through. And then most of it's going to be absorbed by legal fees anyway. Exactly. Uh yeah, the lawyers typically get about a third of whatever the settlement is. Uh, and and when I said five years, that's just 
you know, sort of the optimistic endpoint for the initial lawsuit, you would expect the company would appeal. So now you can start the clock over for another two or three or four years. Um, so, yeah, these things go on and on and on, easily a decade um, before it gets finally resolved. And, and like you mentioned, the only winners are the lawyers <laughs> on both sides. Yep. You know, yep. Both sides, lawyers win. Yep. Um, so this is a company that I think brought some notoriety to behind MLM recently. Um, it's a February 7th, 2024 story. Uh, I, Scott, I, partners. Have, I know yes? I just got to say something. I just have to say yeah. something because I think somebody might be listening in. Lawyers really suck unless they're going after someone you like. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so totally lawyers agree. really suck. Except when they're on your team. Like when they're doing your work for you and you don't have to, lawyers are great. They run up that fucking bill, drive you out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yep. Well, because, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yep, I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> so I love those kind of lawyers. I love those kind yeah. of lawyers. Exactly. <laughs> so this headline is GS Partners Fraud Warning Issued by New Zealand. I think this is the same company. They call themselves uh, GS Pro now versus GS Partners, um, but several states in the United States have gone after this company. Um, apparently, this company actually threatened with bodily harm um, the people behind behind MLM. So it, it is a uh, you know significant company, certainly from their perspective, um, and now they're getting all these other countries piling on as well. So we'll see where that one goes. Um, it would be nice instead of having these fraud warnings that they actually shut them down because I've, I've always wondered well, what percentage of the population in New Zealand, in this case, would actually know about this. Um, I, I don't know, but I think it's pretty low. Um, it's not something that a promoter of this company would mention. Um, it's probably not in the news. You would have to really search for it and, and certainly – with the internet, it makes it a little bit easier to search for these kinds of things. Um, I, I don't know, you know, if you did a search for this in New Zealand, if this would pop up, you know, who knows? Um, but anyway, it's progress. Um, so I'm going to skip down a few stories, not because uh, there's not other companies here, but a lot of them are very much uh, redundant. Um, there is one that's kind of been in the social media news recently. Uh, there's a company called Pay Per Letter. Uh, and it's a February 6th story. Uh, pay per, paid Per Letter Review. $199 and then $25 a month pyramid. So this is something I hadn't noticed in the, uh, the social media, like YouTube, about this company. Um, with with they, what they focused on on social media was apparently there's there's some uh, what would you call it a a loophole or a requirement or, or something along those lines where these these places that that do um, betting um, 
it's almost like the old sweepstakes where you could either, you know, buy something to enter or you could send a letter to the company to enter into whatever the promotion was. Um, they always gave you that option. So you didn't have to make an actual purchase. You could actually just send in a, a letter saying, you know, put my name in the hat. Um, I think it's along those lines. So apparently you can, you can send a letter to these places that do betting and then they send you like, I don't know, $5 or $25, whatever, but it's not money. It's in tokens. And then you have to use those tokens on their betting site. And if you win, you can make money. If you lose, you lose the tokens, but of course you're not out any money because all you do is send in a letter and they sent you tokens. And, and so um, that's sort of been the, the focus on social media. What I did not know is that this company uh, charges $199 to join and uh, $25 a month, uh, you know, as a renewal fee, so to speak. Uh, so that that's interesting. Um, that, that makes it, you know, very much sound like a pyramid uh, because, again, if you're making most of your money not from retail sales, then you're an illegal pyramid. Now, it's an interesting sort of nuance um, because these people are getting these tokens legitimately, um, and I guess you could call them retail sales. Um, they didn't pay. They did not pay to get them, um, and they certainly wouldn't lose money if they lost the tokens. They would just lose the opportunity to make the money. Um, and I don't know at what point you're allowed to cash out. I, I doubt you can just cash out the tokens at face value. I think you have to play a certain amount in order to, you know, win money and then pull out of it. So it, it is a different sort of arrangement that, that's going on here. Um, but again, this guy that's in charge of it, his name is Dustin Mansell. Um, and, and again, it describes him as a serial promoter of fraudulent MLM opportunities. So again, you know, in my in my mind, a tiger usually doesn't change its stripes or, or a leopard its spots. Um, and, and so I would be very wary of this, um, particularly finding out that, you know, there's an initial charge and an ongoing monthly charge just to be a part of this, apparently. So any other comments for you? Not on that one. Yeah, it, it's kind of a different, um, yeah, different setup. I haven't studied, um, I haven't studied that one too much. Yeah, it, it's definitely unique. Uh, you know, usually we cover the same thing over and over with this, a different name, and, and very similar circumstances. This one's a little bit of a twist, so it's uh, it's interesting. Um, here's a company I think we talked about last week, Peter. Um, it's February 6, twenty four, on the headline, and the headline is bait and switched. Transact card, DBOs, um, I'm trying to think what DBO stands for, uh, but it, it's their name for distributors, uh, denied refunds. It's digital, I think it's digital branch office. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but anyway, it's their distributors. They can switch Transact Car DBOs, denied refunds, and they changed their name to Finmore. Instead of Transact Card, it's Finmore. And apparently some people have been asking for refunds, and they said no. So, <laughs> again, you know, my view of this is stay away from it. It looks pretty shady. It's been run by people um, who have a history, um, and I, I wouldn't go near it with a 10-foot pole, personally. Um, and, and now you, on top of it, you got a name change right in the middle of all this controversy. It does look like they're running away from something. That's that's the sense that I get. Uh, what, yep. what's, your, what's your take on this? Well, I have a, a personal uh, experience with a lot of the people that are in Transact Card because Transact Card was one of those companies that people flocked to. It was like the latest one to get involved in. And had some of our customers, you know, jump in and ask me about it and stuff along that line. So I was always suspicious. Richard Smith was the company owner, and he's already had two or three failed attempts at doing this. So, uh, and then they were all buying the promise of what was going to go on with Transact Card. It was going to be a debit kind of a card. People would get basically rewards back at one-to-one or two-to-one or whatever the claims might have been to be able to buy stuff in a store. So it made sense. I mean, let's face it, if you could buy something, if you could load up a debit card and buy stuff that you're normally buying, and then you'd be able to get that equal amount at least back as a, they called it a Z-Buck, and then be able to shop for products that you're probably buying anyway. In a, in a store with those Z-Bucks, it'd almost be like doubling your money. So, I mean, who wouldn't want that? I mean, if it was legit, who wouldn't want that? You'd be pretty foolish if you didn't do it. Um, and they were talking about getting percentages on the transaction swiped. So lots of people know that if you get a credit card, when you swipe a credit or a debit card, whoever is accepting that card, they pay a fee. Well, they were going to share a portion of those fees back with the distributors. And if you built an organization, you would get a portion of their swiped fees as well. So who wouldn't want that, right? That's the, basically the way it would go. But it was all up in the air, lots of challenges getting the thing off the ground. You know, who knows what's real? Like, whatever you're told, who knows what's real is a little bit like a headline coming from the government. But just recently, they changed the whole thing around to this Finmore thing. And I think we even announced it last week, Scott, on the radio show. I think it was when we first came out with that. And Finmore is a totally different thing, and it's kind of like, you know, I, I'm like, you know, hey, listen, either you guys are going to pull this off or you guys are just like continuing to tell these fairy tales to these innocent people that are thinking they're going to be able to get involved in something. But this is real time. So this is real time. Either they're going to make it work, they're not going to make it work, or a whole bunch of issues. Now, realistically speaking, for those people listening in, I'm going to say something that's probably not very popular. But they did kind of bait and switch you. So what you bought when you bought Transact Card was one product, but then they're giving you another one. So that's easy to get a charge back on your credit card. And because they basically, they defrauded you. They didn't sell you what they promised they'd sell you. So every credit card on the planet will give you their money back. Now, the company is going to 
probably try to fight that, but I don't think they're going to win because they did. They did a switcheroo. Now, you can call it bait and switch or whatever, but if you come in to buy a pair of sneakers in my sneaker store and you walk out with a handbag, you know, I switched it around. Some people are probably going to be okay with that uh, because they still believe in the product or the system or whatever. But the reality is those people that wanted sneakers, they didn't want handbags. Um, you can call that company, you can call your credit card company, and they say they basically didn't sell me what I bought, and you'll get your money back. Now, the reason why it's not popular is because that means someone was probably paid a commission, and that commission is going to be reversed, and, you know, that's a tangled web, you know, because now it's not the company that's paying you back. It's the person who's your upline who got the commissions that are paying you back, and then you get into that whole victim, villain, helpless kind of a tragedy that happens in these types of situations. So it's a mess. It is a mess. And some people will feel like they got ripped off. Some people are hanging on for the ride because they're still a believer. And we will know because it's real time in the next couple of months or a year or so whether this thing was an absolute you know, misunderstanding or a total fraud. And um, I, I don't know which way it's going to go. But we'll give them the benefit of the doubt right now to give them some time. But they got enough rope to hang themselves. So having said that, that's my personal experience and opinion of what's going on with Transact Card and Finmore. So back to you, Scott. Yeah, it's like, it's like this is the company that you were checking online last week, and it was a brand-new story that popped up during our show that you pointed out yeah. when they changed their name from Transact yeah. to Finmore. Um, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> good timing. Good, good timing. So I guess we're pretty much near the end here. I got one more. Um, it's a February 6, 2024 story. Uh, the headline is Party Light Terminates MLM Business Model in the U.S. and Canada. So this is a company that's been around for a long time. Um, and according to Behind MLM, uh, they sell a range of candles and fragrances. Um, and they did a – when I say they, I mean – behind MLM, did a story on them back in 2021, and what they described, it was like MLM light. So they had already sort of started the transition out of MLM, but now it's gone as far as in the U.S. It's still in, the, it's still in Europe for now. The MLM model is still in Europe for now, um, but all the party light distributors are no more. Um, I, I think they're probably looking at doing affiliate marketing um, and, and maybe, you know, Party Light's going to do more direct marketing uh, to consumers. But as far as the MLM model in the United States, it's gone. So, um, and we've seen several companies over the past year or two go in similar directions. So this is one of those industry trends, we could say, I think. Uh, any, anything on that one? Nope, that's good. So before we wrap it up, you know, it's Super Bowl tomorrow, Scott. So yes. I I have not watched a football game in forever. And I, I'll just share with you my personal bias. I basically turned off the NFL when they started kneeling for the national anthem. And I was it. That was done. And I went from – a cascading spiral for me negatively. So there have been years that I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. 
because I was just I was just so frustrated because how could anybody do that? Now, I don't think they do that. I literally have not watched any football game, so I don't know if they still do that or not. They kneel down, and I know they play the quote-unquote black national anthem in the pregame show, which I'm, I guess I'm okay with that, although I'm not really okay with that, but I, I'm, I can tolerate that. But I'm thinking about maybe watching the Super Bowl because, of course, what's her name? Taylor Swift <laughs> is there. That's not true. Um, I figured I might just watch it for the commercials one more time. And there's a, there's a, I think there's a lot of uh, really good things that happened during the Super Bowl. I love the Super Bowl stories in the pregame show. And sometimes the game's okay. But uh, the reality is, is do you have any – I have no prediction. So what I'm saying here is I'm just basically watching the football game and maybe just kind of watching the event. I don't care whether – I guess, I guess – um, on a favorite side, sure, why not? Let Taylor Swift continue to do the things that she's doing to help the NFL um, and bring some attention to America's sport. Um, but I have no, I have no interest or outcome in the game. But do you have any uh, special favorites or anything you want to say about the Super Bowl? Well, um, they're not kneeling anymore, as far as I know. Um, okay. At least they're not showing it on TV. Put it that way. Um, okay. So th- I think that part is over. And and certainly, you know, the Taylor Swift thing is a phenomenon. Um, you know, since she started attending the games, the Kansas City Chief games, I think there's been a lot of what they call Swifties, Taylor Swift fans, right. yeah. that have started watching the NFL. So from a marketing standpoint, it's genius. Um, it's 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 absolutely genius. And she, um, I think, landed maybe a couple hours ago because she just had a concert last night in Japan and she flew shortly after finishing the concert back to Las Vegas where the Super Bowl is this year, just so she could be with her boyfriend, uh, Travis Kelsey. So, um, and and he's a talented football player. He's, if not the best, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, he's, he's really a good, you know, highly skilled player. Uh, seems like a pretty good guy. Um, but that is the NFL story this year. Um, you nailed it. It's Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, and you know, everybody I, like I have, fun, I, have with it. I have fun with it with my wife. I kid her about, oh, we got to watch the game today because Taylor might be on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I am. Um, I I don't know much about Taylor Swift, um, but there are a few things that I remember that I liked. So there's probably a lot of things that I might not like about Taylor Swift, but there's a few things that I like. Number one, I remember she was the young gal who was getting the award, and dickhead Kanye West jumped on stage, grabbed the microphone from her, and said Beyonce should have won. <laughs> so I felt bad for her. So it could that could have been a career-collapsing event that happened to her, and somehow she went through those awkward moments. Second part about Taylor Swift that I um, respect is she was screwed by her record company. And she went out there and did it on her own. And she became a billionaire on her own. Now, not on her own, of course, but she, she, she handled that. Where there's a lot of people that would be telling a story about how they got screwed by their record company and were not able to survive. So there are two things that I like about Taylor Swift that I think I like about Taylor Swift. All the other stuff is just drama. And I'm okay with that because, you know, some people need the distractions for the drama, like the girls. Like, it's good that maybe more girls are watching football. You know, and maybe some you know, guys are, you know, getting a little bit of – they can actually watch the Super Bowl because Taylor Swift's on. 
you know, but and then being able to have a little bit of fun with it. I don't know, but I'll share with you. I, I suspect the momentum is going to be that they're going to win because that's a fairy tale story. Like, how could they not win? Like, if they get blown out, like all these snowflakes are going to friggin' start crying. So, for the sake of humanity, I think I'm partial to whatever. Whatever team Taylor Swift is voting for, I think I'm voting for that team because I'm afraid there's going to be a whole bunch of like, you know, the people jumping out of buildings, people like calling it a real conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? So I think just for like the fairy tale things like that's why the Patriots had to win, you know, after 9-11. And, you know, the Saints had to win after Katrina. It's all rigged. So I'm guessing that this story, this story is going to be rigged as well because the NFL is probably as corrupt as every other big organization that might be out there as well. So go, I don't even know the team, but go, I couldn't mention one guy. I don't even know who this Telsey guy is. Uh, they could be Tesla as far as I'm concerned, but the reality is I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it anyway. So back yeah, to you. I'll let you Kansas close it City. up. It's the Kansas city chiefs. That's, that's who, uh, that's who she's rooting for. Um, and there, there already have been um, claims that the last couple games that the Chiefs have won have been rigged in order to keep this whole thing going. Um, so, yeah, those, those stories are already out there that, that the referees, you know, turned the game over to the Chiefs and, and made them win. Um, so, that's yeah, if they win, I'm sure there's going to be one or two controversial calls. And they're going to say, ah, of course, the Patriots won after 9-11. Of course, the Patriots won after 9-11. Patriots, you know, who won? Who won after Katrina? The New Orleans Saints. Yep. Yep. Chiefs, (laughs) it's in the bag. It's in the bag. You're hearing it here on Building Fortress Radio, the Scott Johnson Radio Show by Peter Ringles. It's already in the bag. (laughs) Now, the question is, how much? How much? I'd, yep, I'd say well, it's probably going to be probably going to be a close game. We'll know by tomorrow night, so we'll find out. We we'll talk about it next Saturday. <laughs> next week. Next week. Okay, good. So, That's Scott, nice. give out your website. Give out your website for those people that need to hear it. Yes, uh, go to Facebook. Uh, Facebook dot com slash Scott Text Johnson S C O T T T E X J O H N S O N. All kinds of stuff there. Uh, read, listen, enjoy. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.